you wished upon a star. Now we want you to share with us our latest and greatest dream. Disneyland. Just go to Action Park, there's no other park like it. Six Flags Great Adventure. It's not a world away. Paramount's Kings Island. We will officially open Universal Studios Florida. Hello, I'm Michael Eisner. Now, here is your host. Hi, and welcome back to the Defunct Land Podcast. My name is Kevin Perger. Today, we have a very, very special guest star, Mr. Hank Green. Hank, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I like your podcast because it helps me understand how to pronounce your name. <laughs> that is, that's what everybody does. And they also come back and they're like, what? And it's just Kev, KP, it's whatever. I've actually been, of course, if uh, I was going to write like a bio, like, because sometimes mm-hmm. like if I have like a Imagineer on or someone of, of that sort, I'll be like, and they worked on this attraction and this attraction. And so I usually do that with anybody, but I didn't know what to write for yours because there's, you do so, so much. And so the best thing I can come up with is in like, the mid to late 2000s Hank and John Green invented YouTube again but the right way and bred uh, this this wonderful uh, landscape for education YouTube well and then and then someone else invented it other ways it it was invented many different times by many different people i guess <laughs> um yeah we've been making youtube videos for a long long time and uh and and when we first started to see it as like an opportunity for educational content um i don't think that we you know, we obviously didn't understand like what what it was going to be and how it was going to grow and how like what a huge part of the platform that would be, and how channels like yours would fit into that landscape. Um, but it has been very gratifying and exciting to watch that grow and to uh, and and also like just as a consumer of content to have all of this great stuff in the world where I can uh, you know indulge in my uh, my desire to know weird ephemera. Um, the, from from every part of uh, of you know human creation and beyond. Absolutely, and so I feel like I, I have some sort of uh, debt or just a thank you for creating this, or you know at least uh, playing a giant role in this, uh, making sure YouTube was not just people falling down in cat videos, although those are great. Right. Um, but like, there's a huge uptick in people that are coming for all sorts of content, and then of course you know. That allows theme park history, I guess. Um, so thank <laughs> to, you to be a viable thing. Well, I'll take my I'll take my ten percent. Uh, yes. I'll let you know where to send it. And uh, uh, but but uh, to your to your earlier point, I feel like my bio should officially become Hank Green has lived his life in such a way as to make it very difficult to write a bio about him, which is not <laughs> like that's not like so much a joke as it is kind of reality. I. I do have like one of the things that I have always defaulted toward was to try and do it weird. Um, and so oftentimes people be like, so do you want to do this thing? And I'm like, well, I, but only if we can figure out how to do it weird. Um, I don't want to, I want like, I don't want to, you know, follow the same path. Uh, and if it's going to be a little more work or even like less work to do it weird, let's do it weird. Uh, but if it's going to be, you know, just boring, do it normal, then um, I don't feel like we're learning anything. I feel like we're just uh, making money or something. Um, I'd rather do it weird. You make (laughs) money. (laughs) 
Okay, fine, fine. Um, <laughs> shh, uh, <laughs> don't let anyone know. I need to. I need to. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. yeah uh, the the. Well, I mean, obviously, like I have, I have also lived my life in a way where I did not put money first, but, um, but money, but yeah, I have, I have of course. made uh, money well. It's been uh, a great couple of years in that regard. And now I'm like, okay, I've gone from, this is such a, like a wonderful thing, gone from like worrying about not having enough money to worrying about what to do with the money I have, which is a really cool transition and uh and also also like its own kind of stress oh for sure that's that's the dream though is you mean especially as a creative person and that's why uh and so of course i have to this is like the first plug for the book that you just wrote um which is an absolutely remarkable thing with as many as plugs as you can (laughs) i'm gonna tell you want to hear your i think i hope i want to because i like i like you said i love doing things in weird ways and especially unique ways um but the very nature of theme park history documentaries trying to take them seriously is is weird but um Mm -hmm. as far as this goes i'm gonna give you i i read the book i did not read it myself i bought it on audible um Mm -hmm. and and so if you have an audible coupon code i don't here's your chance um but why don't uh, you have an audible coupon code (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> are you I, I, are you are you're not a true internet creator yet? It hasn't happened. Uh, that's that's well, the, that is the indoctrination. They they hit you with a fish and they give you an audible coupon code. I oh, wake up in a dimly lit room, <laughs> <laughs> and they just they chant audible.com slash defunctland. Um, I'm actually getting one later this month. Funny enough. Okay. Um, All right. Great. I great. don't have it yet. Um, mm. And so I listened to it on Audible. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you've you showed up eventually, which was interesting. Yeah, uh-huh. surprise. I guess it's a a little bit meant to be a surprise. I talked about it beforehand, um, but uh, but yeah, I think that it. I hope that it doesn't take people out of the story. Mostly, no, it it didn't. It didn't. Um, for me, it was more of I was worried because whenever usually like it says like an author, and then on Audible especially. It'll be like, oh, and the author is also going to say something. Then it'll usually be mm-hmm. like an acknowledgement. So it's like, thanks, mom. And then they'll be like, yeah. and, that's, and that's audible. And yeah. like it moves on. Um, but no, that actually worked really well. But that's way into spoilers. So that, that didn't take me out. But the the person, the other person, the, the girl that mm-hmm. was reading Chris, it. Yeah, Kristen C. She sounds so much like, uh, I'm going to mispronounce the actress's name, Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I don't know if you ever watched oh. the show. Or Bojack no. Horseman now. And it was so interesting because in, it's not every character she does, but there's one character and I, and it's, it's the main character, um, April May, that sounds that the, the way the, <laughs> the, the inflection, I was like, oh, my gosh. And so that gave me an interesting mental image to have uh, one of my favorite TV show characters take on um, mm. your book. But but back to the the point we were talking about with creating in YouTube is that um, you were ta- mentioning like you have money and now you get to decide rather the creative projects drive the money. Now you have money to drive your creative projects, yeah. um, which is jealous. Um, <laughs> but, uh, well, let me, let me know what ideas you have. <laughs> oh, don't tempt me. <laughs> You'll have to block me on Twitter or every, <laughs> every day. Um, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so that was really interesting because as the book really touches on, you know, fame, especially in the social media world, I don't mm-hmm. look at the people that I talk to as, you know, 
famous people or, you know, it's because I, you know, you or Jenny or, you know, if I ever have the opportunity to talk to other YouTubers, mm-hmm. like I don't look at them necessarily as famous people. And that, and I always forget that sometimes I look at them as like creative people that like, I can just like, oh my gosh, finally other creative people. Because I mean, as a creative person, I'm sure right. you recognize mm-hmm. that not everyone is. So in, in that, the question is um, when you're, when you're writing this book about fame and social media, and then you are also like doing something like this with me, another YouTuber. Um, mm-hmm. How do you look at that? Like, are you on? Or are you off? Or is it mixed? Uh, I don't know what on and off really means. Um, I like I am, you know, s- sitting here creating the podcast. I'm thinking about like the audience of Kevin Perjurer and like he makes content that I like and I want him to like me. Uh, we've never talked before. Uh, at length. And so like, I want that to be a good, a good experience, but I'm also aware that there's an audience and I'm, I'm afraid that they're going to think something about me. Uh, then I want to like make them think good things about me, but I'm also like, you know, all at the same time, I'm just like, here I am. I'm going to have to like rely on, you know, the, the, the systems that I use for communication like all of the all of the structures that I have built that allow me to communicate more efficiently, uh, everything from like all the words that I've learned to the sentence structures that I'm comfortable with, uh, and I'm going to be relying on like the actual information that I know, and I'm going to be relying on like my actual worldview and values, and so like there's like it's all in there at the same mm-hmm. time, and and also now I'm analyzing it while I'm talking about it, which is <laughs> extra difficult. So thanks for that, uh, and. Yeah, and so like there is a performative aspect, I think, to any time I am like aware that I'm being recorded. And I also know that like having had a lot of like podcast conversations, um, both like date like weekly with my wife on our podcast, Delete This, and with my brother on Dear Hank and John, and then a lot of other people, um, you know, in one form or another, um, I... Like I know that like once the once the record button is off, like it changes. It does. It is different, mm-hmm. and I think that part of that is like there are things you like like functionally can't talk about because there's contracts in place, and so you have to be aware of like this is going into a public space, and so there's stuff I can't talk about. Um, and then also like you know knowing that there is a performative aspect to it. So yeah, there is definitely there's definitely performance there, and and also like writing this book really helped me understand that in a more full way and also be okay with it. Like it's not just because something is performative doesn't mean that it's false. And um, yeah. And so the, the, but also like you need stuff besides that in your life. You need times when you, when you can feel like I'm going to, I'm like right now I'm going to talk in a way that like, I don't really know where I'm going with the, with, with this and it's going to be like pretty open and I need it need to be like my wife or someone else who I, you know, trust to listen to me talk about it. And I think a lot of times creators don't have that because they can't find the value in it when people are telling them there's so much value in the other stuff that they're doing. And I think that can go beyond just creators. I think that goes for like, you know, heart surgeons and business professionals and even, you know, like, like moms who are, who like the, like the work that they do is so, so valuable that they feel like taking care of themselves, taking care of themselves or like, like nurturing real life relationships isn't 
valuable because it like pales in comparison to the sort of societal appreciation for the other thing that they do. Yeah. You should write a book, man. I was sort of, I was sort of, I was sort of like thinking about Walt as I said that. I was like, <laughs> what a what a messed up dude and uh who who accomplished amazing things. Um so I I wanted I wanted to uh to to try and frame it uh in a way that was relevant to the podcast. No, that I, no, I totally no, I totally get that. The uh, the re- relevant to the podcast is a term that you know we shy about because there's nothing. Re- <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the very you know, I mean, I'm not going to keep plugging the the stupidness of the channel in of itself is just like there's nothing. It's relevant not here. stupid. It's uh, so good. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh well, thank you. It's thank so important you. to me. <laughs> so like I, yeah, um, yeah, it's so good. The theme park history can be fun, right? <laughs> I think like here's what I've come to realize is that like you look deep enough into into anything and you like find interesting stuff there literally at a wedding this weekend i was looking at my shoe and i was thinking god that is complicated (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like it's a complicated shoe people worked really hard on that and that's nothing compared to the work that goes into like the immersive experiential design of a theme park well, that's interesting you mentioned that because I had a very similar experience, but not in like an intelligent way. I was I'm researching for this Australian <laughs> theme park right now, and they're like, uh-huh. we we open in like <laughs> we open in uh, November and we close in May, and I'm like, why would you do that? That's so dumb. Like you're missing <laughs> the summer months. And then, I, <laughs> yeah, you 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 already get it, but it it took me yeah. to like I had to go to YouTube and watch a children's video from Australia singing the months to me. And I was like, I should start a Vlogbrothers type channel where I explore elementary topics to intelligent people, but act like they're like mind blowing to me. Like, did you know in Australia, <laughs> the seasons are backwards? It's crazy. I mean, it is kind of crazy. Know, it's right? also crazy that it's crazy. Like, it's weird that we that it's so surprising. <laughs> uh, but but because like we live in a global world. Right. And but like, actually, it turns out most people live in the northern hemisphere. Like there's just. Like the, most of the land is in the northern hemisphere, that's just like a like an accident. And then uh, and then you also have like the reality that like we mostly pay attention to people who are like us, and most of the people who speak English live in the northern hemisphere, unless they're Australians, and they just happen to all be down there speaking English. Oh, hmm. Yeah, probably shouldn't make yeah, that Vlogbrothers channel. <laughs> that's a that's a. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> That's a sad answer to that, to, to my fascination. Well, um, I mean, John, John has a podcast called the Anthropocene reviewed where he like goes deep on really simple stuff. Like he did like 40, like 15 minutes on diet, Dr. Pepper. Well, there's nothing diet about it. So there's a lot to be, you know, there's a lot there. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's their right. entire slogan. Or what about Dr. Yeah. Pepper 10? Not for women. Remember that? Not that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that what a There's wonderful some, marketing scheme. There are some conversations to be had there. <laughs> but not on this podcast. We're gonna stick mm-hmm. to stick to on topic irrelevancy. Um the uh so where were we going with this? Um that we're gonna talk about theme parks today because I'm sure you get to talk about so many topics, but I, I hope that you don't get to talk about this exact one that often. So hopefully this will be fresh stuff. Mm-hmm. And so Well, can I ask you can I ask you a question first? Can I like kick it off? Oh yeah, no, this is this is your this is your theme park life. This isn't mine. I'm gonna kick it off. 
Okay. I <laughs> I want to know um, what you think a theme park based on my book would look like. Oh my dang it! I was going to ask this exact same question. <laughs> oh, dude, I beat you. Dude, that's so not fair, dude. I've been I've, for weeks. Well, however long we've set this up for, for that long, I've been thinking ever since you said yes, I was like, oh my gosh, the best question would be, what would a theme park ride about his book be? And I'm going to ask that (laughs) 70, like the moment the conversation dips a little bit, the moment there's that awkward pause, I'm going to say that and I'm going to blow his mind and it's (laughs) great job. Um, So now you're, you're, you're pointing this to me. Okay. So let's, uh, let's get into it. You're the Um, expert. Sure. The well, the, <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. Um, the dark. Uh, there's there's a few different types of rides. So we should this should be a collaborative effort because I ha- okay. also had this idea. Just because you said it first um, doesn't mean anything okay. to me. Um, okay. <laughs> this, is, this is so disappointing. I agree. I, um, that makes sense. <laughs> so there are a few. I'll, I'm, there's a there was an old thing at Epcot Innoventions. Um, and at Disney Quest, where it was called Cyberspace Mountain, and then later Some of All Thrills, um, with S U M. No, wait, Some of All Thrills. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, yep, yep. You get it. Um, and so you got to build your own roller coaster, and you got to like choose the different tracks. So we'll do that, but with different ride types, and I'll, I'll take you through it. So you'll be leading this, but I'll be uh, okay I'll be putting it in the box. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there are a few different types of theme park rides, as I'm sure you know. There is the mm-hmm. classic roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the flat ride, which is like, you know, those ones you pass by and that like you, you assume people are going on, but no one ever is. It's like the octopus <laughs> and like they, they yeah. just spin and stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, who rides those? Um, and the then kids. there kids do kids. Really? I don't know. I don't know. In the, in the Dumbos, they're in the Dumbos. Well, Magic Kingdom alone has three different spinny rides. There's, uh, Astro Orbiter. There is Dumbo the Flying Elephant and there's Aladdin's Magic Carpet Ride. They're the same ride. Um, so I'm going to eliminate that option. From yeah, the- just spinning children is the goal of those rides. Like the, the lines are never long. You put your child and they spin the child and then like you go get a, a churro. It's great. Oh, yes. I want a churro now. Um, yeah, no, but the, yeah, so that's not an option. Um, or okay. that would be actually be the easiest option because you could just like have them be on like flying Carl's or like the hands, yeah. the flying hands. Short, flying okay. hands. Yeah, I like it. Okay, every every creative thing I'm gonna throw out there, you're gonna be like, "Yep, I know." Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've already <laughs> clearly thought about this. Um, and so, uh, then there's the dark ride, which is your uh-huh. more story based attraction, uh-huh. and you can also do a hybrid. I don't know if you've been to Universal Studios recently. Uh no, not for like ten, like twenty years. Amazing. Mm. Um, so a hybrid <laughs> would be like a roller coaster that like stops, and then it's like. Story, 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 mm-hmm. and then it speeds away mm-hmm. and then stops. And stops oh, story, story. wow. That sounds time consuming. <laughs> it's sounds really like, not. Sounds great. like there's more than one more than one train on the track at the time is what it sounds like. Um, I mean, is is like Harry Potter Forbidden Journey kind of like that? There's like they like swing you a little bit. Yeah, you. But it's not there's not like a you, roller coaster element to have it. Have you been on Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey? Yeah. OK, well, then you've been with <laughs> that's Universal Studios. I only went to the Wizarding World. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair. That's all you need to do. Was it in Hollywood yeah. or was it in Universal? In Florida. Or Florida. Um, yeah. So I, I, we, I went to a Harry Potter convention and they, that we had like 
three or four hours in the park when it was just convention goers. So they like rented out the thing and it was amazing. And I had way too much butterbeer and my stomach hurt very bad. And then I went on that ride and I felt very nauseous. Oh, Um, isn't it great? (laughs) I mean, I can't handle those kind of rides. I can't even handle like star tours. I get sick. Okay. Both of those are fair examples of rides that make you sick. Yeah. I mean, just just, to be okay. Good. You're not, you Uh, you don't sound, uh, you're, you're not irresponsible. You don't sound uneducated by saying star tours makes you sick. Harry Potter forbidden journey. Those are normal sick things. Um, everyone makes fun of me because I'm afraid of space mountain, even as an adult person. Um, what do you mean by afraid? Like I'm scared. Like you've, you've done it though, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. I, I feel like if you've done Space Mountain, you're not scared of it anymore because no, you did it. I've done it. It's the least scary roller coaster. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not because the, it's, it's all in the dark. But you know, if you've ever seen a ride through when the lights are on, that those metal beams are so close to your hands. And I'm a big guy. And I like I, I raise Look, my- if 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 enough people have gone through Space Mountain and everybody's come out with their fingers intact minus three, you're safe, safe, except for those three. <laughs> the uh, actually funny story. And I uh, I talk about this in my book. That's not on audible. Um, so go ahead and just go and get an absolutely remarkable thing instead of mine. No big deal. Um, in that the, uh, the they in Disneyland, a kid tragically fell off Space Mountain. And there was this huge court case and the jurors were taken to Disneyland for the day. And they said that Mm -hmm. it was not guilty. So if that is that a is that a fair? (laughs) Here's the situation. We're going to take you to show you a great time. Now, do you really want to sue us? We're so great. Here's a butterbeer. Uh, we're Disney. What are we going to do? Wrong thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, here's some, here's some, uh, no, it's LeFou's Baru, in case you're wondering, is the, sorry, thanks. Yes. Is the, uh, Disney like, oh my gosh, we have to come up with something to match butterbeer equivalent, <laughs> which course. is, well, what do they got? Butterscotch? Oh well, just throw some apple cider in there. Um, oh God. Ugh. Yeah. Never have two butterbeers. This is my, this is my <laughs> one piece of useful theme park knowledge never have two butter beers one is plenty um and also pumpkin juice mixed with vodka is amazing uh <laughs> lessons uh, from hank lessons from hank lessons from the one time i went to the wizarding world at uh in the middle of the night oh uh, do they take you like after hours yeah yeah oh, okay it was uh, awesome so you didn't have to wait so, like two hours right yeah um, what were we talking about? Oh, so you were trying to get me a long, long time ago <laughs> and yeah. inside of this podcast. You were trying to get me to get to, to say which ride I'm looking to kind of have. I mean, I want a dark ride. Like, I feel like those are the, the like classic, most interesting, like, well, like most well-loved things. Of course. In, in, in theme parks. Like if that was an option, that, that is the option I would take. I'm glad you didn't choose screen ride although it didn't give you an option so I'm, i don't i didn't expect you to yeah well <laughs> also because they make they make me puke oh my gosh they're so bad they're just like i mean <laughs> yeah it, i don't know if you've i mean you know like those old uh what are those prank movies jackass like when they used to like go up to people mm-hmm. and like shake a porta potty i feel like yep. one executive at universal studios was watching that and he was just like yes <laughs> that is what okay. we're gonna do forever and never anything else um, uh-huh so you, you you landed on Dark Ride. Great. 
So now we got to talk what kind of dark ride. Um, so you can have a water based. I don't know why that, that would fit into your story. <laughs> yeah, so like like Splash Mountain. That yeah, kind Splash of idea. Mountain. It's a okay. small world. Um, yeah, you can have Pirates right, of the Caribbean. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, those are nice because it's a it's a little it's a leisurely. Um, or you can have a oh my, you can have the classic classic. Um, which is, oh, yeah, uh, I'm thinking like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, like okay. April May's Bizarre Journey, like her her bizarre adventure. Um, that's, and, uh, you just uh, everyone that's listening to this podcast right now, just like they are rock hard. Like after you yeah. say Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, <laughs> they they are so happy. So well, you, I grew up, so I grew up in Orlando, Florida, and and my mom actually for for a while was doing work with the park, and so we had like free passes, and so we could. You know, it was it was still like a haul. It was still like a like a 35, 45 minute drive. Um, but we we I, I there was a period in my life when I went to Disney a whole lot, and then a second one when my friends all started working there. Um, when I went to Disney a whole lot, so like when I was like eight to twelve, and then when I was like sixteen, seventeen, I went a bunch. Um, and to the to the Magic Kingdom, and uh, and yeah, and so I've been on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Uh, I don't know. Probably sixty-five times. <laughs> well, that'll be the last time because they—it's removed. But <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, they, they, they took it out. What? Oh my God, no! <laughs> Why did you have to tell me this fact? Do, do, do you feel? Do you feel that's the pull of the channel? It's you just take you take what you know and then you just say it's gone and everyone. It's yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, doesn't that you know doesn't that sting a little I, bit that you just told me that story? It always seemed very it, yeah, <laughs> then, yeah, a little bit. But it it did always seem very strange to me because I only knew the story of Mister Toad from the ride. I had no connection with this story, which I assume was like something a children's book or something. It's an old something. Disney movie. Yeah, it's a it's a Disney. Okay, I've never seen the movie. No one has. It's uh, fine. It's it's weird to to like know that people like have like the majority of experiences of this story is the is the theme park experience of the story, which is a very strange way to tell a story and very new. Right. Um, well, what do you think yeah. Pandora's gonna be in like ten years? Are you are you are like, you talking about? Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about the music streaming service for a second. <laughs> You know what? Screw like, the screw the theme parks, man. <laughs> Let's talk about jewelry. How you? <laughs> oh God! Yeah, um, no, Pandora uh, so, the World so, of but, Avatar. Right. Yes. So, well, I I assume that James Cameron will continue making Avatar movies, and it will get more and more popular as time goes on. And 60, 70 years from now, every theme park will be Pandora themed. I'm I'm sure that's the case, and I'm sure no one will. I'm sure there, this next movie will not be an absolute flop. Um, and that I actually thought James Cameron was stuck at the bottom of the ocean for the past 10 years. I had no idea he was working on well, these he films. Does, he does spend a fair amount of time there. <laughs> I thought he was I still. I once saw James Cameron speak at a Mars conference. <laughs> about Mars? Or? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. He was talking about exploration and, uh, and yep, he was very excited. Is that like Steven um, Seagal teaching an acting class? I mean, teaching a uh, teaching a <laughs> fighting arts. class, martial arts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, I think if you're if you're a Mars convention, you take what you can get, and sure. uh, James Cameron's a good get. Well, okay, that's fair. I mean, he is a <laughs> really cool guy. So we're talking. So I want I want to. So like so now that they've removed <laughs> I want Mr. A Mr. Toad. Toad. 
so yeah. so so can I just move into that space? Like, is yeah, that okay. available now? What so, have they What have they done there? We have an old rickety two, yeah. four person. Okay, uh-huh. well, if we move into that space, you want to do something more recent? I'm going to give you the gift of theme parks. I'm going to tell you about something you probably don't know of because it's not in the states yet. Um, it's called a trackless dark ride, and oh. it is this vehicle that you get in that operates through a computer and so the wheels can turn 360 degrees and what and there are a few of these in the united states but i like it what this this does this makes perfect sense yeah so what this does is you have all these scenes and there's just floor there's no track and it's like darting in and out Mm -hmm. so yes that's on the table yeah i mean like yes if it, it would be i feel like that there are a number of exciting weird things that happen to april that would be good jump scares or good um you know, like good drama, good like fear fear moments, excitement moments, and mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, and 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 I I also like I assume that it, the trackless ones can like vary their speed a lot more, oh yeah, like uh, if efficiently and effectively than than track based dark rides. Oh yeah, they're so, great at that. That's what they do. That's what they do, and yep. they go backwards. Oh, they can go backwards. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh man, this is genius. Disney's doing this right in other in other yes, places. D- Disney's doing it. Okay. In, in it'd be, I'd be really like legitimately angry at Disney if someone did this first. That wasn't them. <laughs> no. Have you like no? That's th- this is you are showing. I'm gonna like sell all my Disney stock now. Like the moment <laughs> that somebody is innovating faster than Disney in the theme park space, I'm just out. The moment that happens, they'll buy them. So yeah, butterbeer notwithstanding, which apparently was important important loss for them. <laughs> it was the Lafu's <laughs> brew was just. <laughs> It's it's too close. No, it's uh that's but yeah. So the trackless dark ride, um, trackless dark ride. Yeah. So you got a trackless dark ride, and now we got to kind of make the layout and scenes. Um, I had mm-hmm. an idea while you were talking, and I might be overstepping here, so stop me if this is a terrible idea. Um, but one of the main plot points, or I guess turning points in the plot, is when one of the the New York Carl right, mm-hmm. his hand shoots off from his body and like scampers away. Mm-hmm. I use, did I make up the word scampers? Skitters? Skitters? Whatever. Scamper is a word. Okay, great. Did I use it correctly? Yeah. Great. You did it. 100%. <laughs> a plus. Five stars, my friend. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> I, I read a book this week, everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm also afraid of Space Mountain, and I'm bad at podcasts. Um, so the, uh, the, uh, the hand scampers away. Well, what we could do is, so there's this thing called the Pepper's Ghost Effect. You know about this, right? Pembro's ghost effect. Pepper's ghost. I'm going to stop you right there. Pepper's. <laughs> no, I still don't know. <laughs> uh, Pepper's ghost. You've been in the Haunted Mansion. You know how the ghosts look like ghosts? Yeah. They're not ghosts. I that... agree with you there. <laughs> what it is, is it's a angled piece of glass. And in the room okay. that you can't see gotcha. below it is a lit yeah. object. Mm-hmm. And now they can do these with projectors. So they shine a projector on a slanted piece of grass and it looks like a hologram. Or if you shine it bright enough, it just looks like it exists in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Tupac. Yes, exactly like Tupac. <laughs> I should have started with Tupac. <laughs> yes, Tupac and Michael Jackson. <laughs> I, I can't wait for the one person who's a conspiracy theorist to be like, that was not a hologram. That was Tupac. He came back for that one performance. Um, <laughs> I feel like if you can't wait for that person, you're probably going to be waiting for a while if it hasn't happened yet. That was a while ago. <laughs> he's, hey, the, the, he's still on it. This this one person um, is still on that Tupac concert that never happened. Um, yeah. Or is now happening. 
whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, point being is that what would happen is so you got that scene where the hand jumps off, right? So we could mm-hmm. we could build the Carl animatronic. Well, I guess it doesn't move, mm-hmm. so that would be a waste of money. Um, Agree. So yes, so you build him with one hand, and then you peppers ghost the other hand onto him, and then the the hand oh. like on the projector like jumps away and then like goes across the floor. I mean, I feel like. You just peppers ghost the whole thing, right? No, don't do that. That's Universal Studios, man. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have gotta have practical effects. That, yes, I know. Okay, look, the, that that <laughs> argument has been has been beaten to death in the Star Wars fandom, but I'm gonna tell oh, yeah, you that it sure it's has. still still relevant in the theme park fandom. Because why would you okay. go yeah. to a theme park uh, to watch? I feel you. You're right. You're right. You're right. There I'm you there. go. Why would I sit in a in a jiggly chair? To watch a movie just so I can feel like I need to take my shoe off and puke in it. Yeah, exactly. Or uh, the the reason you go to a theme park is so you can sit in another chair with a giant arm that throws you from scene to scene. Like the Iron Man <laughs> arm just flinging you across as your butterbeer goes all over. Do you okay. like that scene? Do you not like that scene? I lo- oh, I love it. I love it. I mean, my question is, are we going to go through the whole movie? Because people might be like, I don't know if I want to listen to the podcast if I might read. Read the book. No, I said no. movie. I meant book. <laughs> oh, so you're tell- not telling us something. No, I'm just kidding. Um, did you get a movie deal? Is it? I did not. I do not, not have yet. a movie deal. Yet. That's a yet. You, you have to add yet. I hate them. I hate movies. You hate movies? I hate all movies. Every movie <laughs> is bad. I hate the I'm gonna, medium. You know, film. I don't like to make any sweeping declarations generally, but I think the entire motion picture industry is terrible. No. Um, well, I mean, I, you're not wrong I, there. Uh, like, I do have I it. I've watched a lot of movies get made from books, uh, particularly my, my brother. I've watched my brother go through this process, uh, and it looks really hard. It just looks hard and frustrating, and um, and uh, and sometimes it works out really well, and sometimes it doesn't. And uh, so I'm just I'm just nervous about it, which is why I haven't sold the movie rights yet. Sure, I, I totally. Totally understand that, but just sell them and hope they never make it. That's the goal. You sell the rights, and then you <laughs> you just you pray that they never make the movie. You're like you just yeah. get, they just pay you got, money. I get paid. Yeah. Well, this here's so here's the thing uh, that I didn't know. Do you want to know? So you know a lot about theme parks. I've watched movies get made from books. You don't make very much money selling the movie rights. Like you can like, but you make good money. Don't get me wrong, but most of them, like the vast majority of the money you make is the books you sell after the movie comes out. Sure. So, cause you, and everybody you replace knows the this. cover with the actors. Yeah. Yep. You do movie tie-ins and then suddenly people are like, ah, Ansel Elgort. He's cute. Uh, I, I I'll buy that Nate book. Nate Wolf. <laughs> I think it's Nat, but good try. Uh, I tried, man, dude. <laughs> you know me, Wikipedia <laughs> you articles you I read before I mean, before that was, this? that was like a B. That was like a B <laughs> plus. Um, that was a good uh, but, try. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so it is. Um, yeah, it, it's it's much more. And this is for even even movies that don't do well. So generally you like the thing that people are all betting on is is like you're kind of selling the rights fairly inexpensively with the hope that the movie gets made. And then you sell a lot of books because and you never get money. Like the other thing is like if the if the movie does well, authors don't ever make money from the movie doing well, except from selling their book. 
So mm-hmm. you don't get like if the movie does better or worse, it, you don't get like a portion of ticket sales or anything as an author. Sure. Well, to be which fair, I always assumed you would. Right. Because like you wrote the freaking story. But no. Well, yeah. Even and the- like, who knows? It's not like the guy who wrote Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, the movie, gets a portion of Disney ticket sales, especially now that that ride doesn't exist. Anymore. And also the movie probably flopped. No one saw it. Why did they make this ride that was so well loved? And it, it was Walt. It was in 1955. He just he waved a cigar at something and it was there. Ah, uh, it was his magic well, wand. Rest his soul. Yeah, I mean that's when when you're uh, you know when you're as powerful and scary as Walt Disney was. Hey, hey, that's hey. all that it took. He was he was more powerful than he was scary, but he was more scary because he was powerful. I'm just kidding. Um, we're not going to get into <laughs> probably best. I mean, I just, I just love the the different the different people's outlook on Walt is so interesting to me because. Either way to me is a little creepy. Like the people that are like way like, well, no mm-hmm. redeeming qualities. I'm like, whoa. And then the people that are like, nothing, he did no, no wrong, Uncle Walt. I was like, whoa. I mean, like you, you like watch Song of the South, right? Like <laughs> he was alive for that. <laughs> he was like on set and stuff. And- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it, it, you walk into, this beautiful downtown land that is so constructed to to make you feel so connected to your roots as an American and just like experiencing this this like this yeah this crafted experience that you can get nowhere else and then you reach the end of it and there's a giant castle and what sits before the giant castle is just a statue of a man <laughs> a human man <laughs> and I'm like this is a little weird right. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got his little and it, the, got his friend there and oh it's you, just hey, like you, what am I what do, what am I believing in right now like every time I go to world of color I'm like this is a church service did you like this feels like church I like I'm not, I'm not saying I don't like it but like I also don't think that it's like you know like healthy a, all the time super like ex, like exemplary of like reality oh my gosh I've never oh, thought about oh, it that way what a fresh per- <laughs> I feel like we just went to Disney World together and I know you ruined it for me congratulations <laughs> well and also like I walk up to that statue and I like I get a little teary like it's called best friends right Is, am I making that up uh, I think it's got got it's, a plaque it's on it. Called partners, I think. Partners. Found, that's what it's, it's called. Partners or founders. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 And like, and I like, it's and I like, I, I, I get. I had something like that. <laughs> that would be so You, so you weird. got it. Hashtag besties. <laughs> what the yeah. BFF hashtag forever. <laughs> um, best friends forever, forever. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but like, I like, it, I get emotional, and I'm like, this is achieving its goal. <laughs> I mean, well done Imagineers and then you get to Liberty Square and that's even more problematic we're not going to go there today yeah yeah and then, to- and then on the way out of the park it's just like I have never been this close to so many people in my whole life <laughs> yes the- I'm touching eight people right now <laughs> I might as well be at a rancid concert <laughs> oh I've not heard that band referenced casually in <laughs> And I don't yeah, even know how many 15 years. years. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Sorry. I'm, I'm stuck. I'm stuck in the. Might as well be 90s. at a Sugar Ray concert. Um, hey, hey, uh, don't take, don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I will not accept. Just, I will not accept that substitute. 
That, that's the disclaimer at the beginning of this podcast. There's no intention to make anyone believe that Hank Green listens to or has ever listened to the band Sugar Ray. Um, <laughs> See, also, there should be a warning. This podcast <laughs> contains references to Sugar <laughs> Ray. Sugar Ray. <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about, I think we were talking about my dark ride, but. No, um, I know. So, I, think we, so, I think you said I want to go past that. Oh, the movie deal. I had something else on the oh, movie yeah, we're deal. Oh, yeah, talking about that. Um, yeah. Well, I was also mentioning, you know, sometimes theme park rides are made into movies. So there's, a, yes, I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean, yep. um, mm-hmm. you know, Country Bears, the classic with Christopher Walken, um, Haunted Mansion about with that. Eddie Murphy. Yep. I know about that. Yeah. Yeah. All those. But what I was going to mention, and this has nothing to do with theme parks, it was just meant, it was like a thought that crossed my mind and now it's back, um, is that uh, you like, yeah, when you make a movie into a book because like we deal with this kind of relates because we deal with different mediums and some stories work really well as you know a movie some stories work really well as a novel some even work better as a theme park ride such as like journey into imagination Mm -hmm. or horizons Mm -hmm. um as Mm -hmm. another level of inspiration and wholesomeness um (laughs) i'm I'm with a very uh literate person right now and it's everything i say i'm like is that even a word um (laughs) (laughs) you got it great um and so but but have you ever like seen an instance where and i'm not i know of a few where a book is made into a movie because the the fear is oh my gosh they're going to change the story for the medium and it's just going to make it worse and that's like the case 99 percent of the time but every once in a while there's this wonderful moment where a very stubborn author allows their book to be made into a movie and the movie is better than the book um i mean die hard i didn't even know die hard was a book Die Hard was a book. Really? I haven't read Die Hard the book. And it wasn't even called Die Hard. What's Die Hard Die Hard book? I'm going to look it up because I think it's funny. Or like, I don't know, the uh the the censorship of Roger Rabbit. That was a book. I'm sure the movie's oh, better. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, it's called Nothing Lasts Forever is the <laughs> book that Die that Die Hard was based on. Is Fabio on the cover? Um no, uh, I I I couldn't. It is just. Uh, it's just words. I think that the book only, <laughs> really, only has uh, has much of a following now because it it got turned into into Die Hard. But uh, but my my deep guess is that well, frankly, there's no way the book could be better because Die Hard is perfect. Okay, and that, that that's your that's the, that's the guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, that's 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 mostly mostly certainty, but I'll allow a little bit of uncertainty into it. Well, the, the, the best example I can think of, and I mentioned this last podcast, so if you listen, the Defunct Land podcast is now just why The Prestige is better as a movie than a book. Have you seen The Prestige? I have seen The Prestige. Okay, so you know the twist at the end. Spoiler alert. If you I listen hate to, it so much. You hate oh, the twist? so bad. You, uh, I mean, it's great. It's just like it upsets me very much. Because you didn't catch on or because it's just It's dumb. just upsetting. Oh, it's upsetting. No. Because it's, it's It's like physically upsetting, yeah. Oh, because it's, it's like, by, by its own design. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, so spoiler alert, if you haven't listened to the last podcast where I gave you a spoiler alert and now I'm dropping everything, um, is that the prestige, it ends and the, the, you know, that the same character. And anyway, so there's a twist at the end and that twist in the book, apparently, and I probably should look this up again just to make sure it happens halfway through the book. And so Christopher Nolan like moved everything around and made the twist really big at the end. And everybody loved the book, the movie way better than the book. And the author was mad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, Mary Poppins. If you've seen Saving Mr. Banks, starring your favorite person, Walt Disney. Saving Mr. Banks. 
Yes. Have you seen Saving Mr. Banks? No, I don't think so. With Tom Hanks as Walt Disney? I haven't. No, I haven't seen this. You Did you know about this? I didn't. This is like a huge movie, like a few years ago. Yeah, it was. It was recent. I'm looking at the trailer right now. <laughs> You're just like typing away. Like, we can, yeah. Everybody stop. Everybody stop the podcast. I have to watch a movie trailer. Can we get a third uh, microphone for this movie trailer in here? <laughs> Tom, anyway, so the that's another one where uh, Mary Poppins, I should have just said Mary Poppins, but like people widely agree for the most part that mm. Mary Poppins is a better movie than it was a book. Um, but yeah, that was a side conversation. Back to your dark ride. Um, Oh, how do you want to, does the dark ride give away the book? Does it give away the ending? Um, yeah, I think it does. Okay. So do we, yeah. So in my, in my hypothetical world in which this, in which this ride exists, it's, it is so like, uh, my book has been so wildly successful that everyone knows how it ends already. Okay. <laughs> is that, that is that nice? allowed? That- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's because because the listeners of the defunct land podcast became massive ev- evangelists for the for the content of my book. I have a very mobile fan base. They will do things, as you know, um, <laughs> for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's and, yeah. I, and I feel bad because every time I uh, sometimes I forget, like, I, I'm just I, I really am just this like very like happy go lucky Internet user. And mm-hmm. so I like you had the thing where you're like, I'm doing something for a Disney video. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then I threw everything off my table. Um, I was actually at Disneyland. So this is a joke. And then so I, it was somebody else's table. Was like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was I was uh, I saw a table and then I just like, went over and just spread across it. I was like, everyone stop. Yeah. Hank is doing a video on Disney. And then I and then I like I was like. I need to do. And then I made like three jokes and people were like tweeting at you. And then after a while I felt bad. I was like, damn it. And then, <laughs> and then, you, then, then you messaged me like four in the morning. Like, I already figured it out. And then I was like, okay. And then I like helped you with a few things. And then got it. Yeah. And then we, we still all collectively got it wrong. Um, which, <laughs> yep. which, uh, yeah, but thank you for, for, for preventing me from getting it even more wrong. Well, great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got you a few more years um, to, yeah. to, earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, that was, I love that video though, even with the correction, and which is weird because I've seen that picture of um, Progress Land, which is when it like first showed up, right. probably like yeah. a billion times. Um, right. But whoever thinks about Walt Disney's signature, but as you as you uncovered in that video, Walt Disney like just practiced his signature. Yeah, so much, like constantly. He changed it all the time, and he was kind of obsessed with it, which makes I don't know, kind of some sense. Man, I want to. Okay, we're gonna stop the podcast. I have. I uh, know, not stop it, but like we're gonna stop the conversation. I want to hear. I want to just talk about Walt Disney with you. <laughs> okay. You walked into this one, man. You mentioned it like three times. I did. Now. I did. I did. I keep. I keep. I, well, and and also, like, I feel like I'm walking into like the most controversial part of. Maybe not. Maybe not now with like Anaheim and like the city and the workers and like trying to figure out how to have a good experience for all involved but like no i'm pretty sure one of i'm pretty sure like certainly uh, I'm, the you most know, controversial parts of loving disney well sure i mean i think the whole having an indentured servant sing a song about how he's very happy zippity doo was probably one of a little bit worse <laughs> than the minimum wage yeah. but the minimum wage it's important uh, well except that's now except sure. that's real people now Oh, so we got to okay, deal sure. with like, yeah, I mean, like lots of bad stuff's happened in the history of the history, 
But like, there's the things that are happening now. Is the things that you and that's the nice thing about this podcast with. is, I'd say more. I'm not that actually popular among the Disney's, um, the Disney fan bases. Um, if you can believe it, despite the logo being a direct ripoff um, of my show, mm-hmm. is that they. Uh, it's because I'm I'm very critical. Most of my videos are criticizing them and like showing mm-hmm. like, wow, they really messed up here. Like this is really weird. And then also, you know, praising the creative people that grinned mm-hmm. and bared it and like made something amazing while mm-hmm. terrible people were doing weird things with money. Um, so yeah, go for it. Everyone <laughs> here is pretty on board, I think. I mean, go go for my my like personal take on Walt. It's 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 your show, man. It's. <laughs> Hank Green on I, Walt, whatever you want to talk about. I think that I think that you know it was an it was an era in in which so so there was like a a period of American business history where um like you know Standard Oil had shown that if you like like that there that there are huge advantages to getting very big and kind of doing that at all costs, and then there was sort of a period after that with a lot of people who like looked to that um, example as like, this is what business is going to be. And this is, it kind of did be, I mean, it didn't kind of, it became what American business was. And that there was like that, that, you know, winning the thing, like being the biggest was good for everyone was like, it, it meant that you were creating the best product and it meant that you were, um, and it meant that you were going to be able to control the market and and create what in business you call a moat. So like a a a barrier between your business and the the world that prevents competition from getting over that moat and and encroaching into your into your market share. So and I think that like Disney was the so like and you can find people who did this in industries like all over the spectrum. Um, but I think that Disney was the person who did it in entertainment and. I, but at the same time, Disney had to like have this balance where because he was making children's content specifically, like that was the 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 main bulk of it, he knew that it it shouldn't be like general electric. It shouldn't be like, you know, general motors or like it was it it shouldn't be based on like the like the the word general is like like that was such an era in American business where like that's what we wanted. We wanted things that were like general. They did it all. Whereas Disney knew that he was coming into this to be like like I have to be trusted and I have to be appreciated and I have to and and so in many ways like this brand is going to be based on me as a person. And so he had to be extremely controlling of who like how he was perceived and that's now it's impossible to do it was much easier to do in that era um and because like you know you could just only talk to reporters who were going to say nice things about you you could only like only let people say things say nice things about you blacklist people who are going to say bad things about you and be pretty controlling of that because ultimately like that's what the business was based on. And there's part of me is like, that's how it had to be done for a, for a company that was going to make children's content because it had to be like, there had to be a way to make, to like build that trust in, in like, you know, in doing something that had never been done before. But part of me is like, boy, that seems so like based on ego that he wanted to build this big, beautiful thing. And like, it was going to be about, like the like really huge ideas like imagination and and happiness 
and and like and he wanted his his name to be the thing that represented that and and i think like ultimately you're right that like they like every people who say that he's all bad and people who say that he's all good like there's those are nonsense arguments but like i think that he had to be really controlling of his his uh you know his image how he was perceived and uh and that was and like he understood how important that was and that's why when i say like that it makes a lot of sense that he would practice his signature and change his signature all the time because like he was very focused on how he was perceived and and you know i i i know as a person who changed my signature at a certain point in my life uh after high school i was like i have an ugly signature it's terrible i want a pretty one um that that is part of like me imagining how i'm perceived by the world and i know as a creator that like you know one of the things you do is you make your content you like you write your book you you work very hard on that and like that is that is an art that you have made and then you're also building the idea of yourself in people's minds and that is part of the craft and i'm not and and i again i like i said this earlier in the podcast that doesn't mean it's false but like it does you know, I I think that it provides advantages to people who are good at that, and it is a disadvantage to people who like are disin are like uninterested in that part of the work, um, in a way that like you know maybe twenty years ago it didn't matter so much um, whether like an author was good at cultivating a social media following obviously it wasn't important 20 years ago yeah but like but but any of that like like you know the author photo the 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 bio like all those like little things that we were using to try and like get people a little connected with an author like are so minuscule compared to the tools that we have now yeah and that's part of what has made the your book which is kind of about this so relevant but at the same time ironically it's also kind of what makes it so successful and why so many people are reading it right because you you have built this like coincidentally you had been building the, building this kind of brand, yeah. and then yeah, I mean, you wrote a book about that, and then that paid off. It's it's wow, it's like a triangle of it's all connected, right? I mean, it's not it's not that coincidental because like ultimately, <laughs> I I thought I was going to write a story about like you know is this is this a space alien or is this a like some kind of other mystery? Like, what is this mystery and how do we explain it? Like, what's going on? Is something very strange happening in the world. I thought that's what the story was going to be about. But then I realized that like I had a lot of stuff to work through. Re me being a public person mm-hmm. and like having some level of notoriety, though certainly not anything like, you know, traditionally famous people. And then uh and then uh also like having that experience and a lot of like sort of deep understanding of that, that would allow me to talk about it in a way that was uh, realistic, but also, you know, accessible. And also, like, I feel like I couldn't talk about that stuff as a person. I could, like, coming out and being like, here is what, what's hard about being famous. Like, that's not relatable content. Sure. <laughs> uh, but but coming at it through a fictional lens, um, you can weirdly, you know, be more empathetic to a fictional character than I feel like we, we often are with real people. Yeah, no, I that came through, and we're 
we're, we're on two separate tracks right now, and I'm trying to figure out which train to jump on. Um, <laughs> this is my I'm choice. Just trying to turn, I was trying to turn the, the, the train away from, you can't turn a train. It's one of those new dark rides. <laughs> yes, no, it's one of those new dark got... rides. Yes, you can turn a train. <laughs> uh, or you're you're at the the point where it dives. I talk about this in, in uh, my editor was like, uh, and I, uh, my my poor editor was because we were mm-hmm. there was like the monorails and the monorails like she was using like train like nomenclature and monorails yeah. don't use that they use different and so I gave it to my editor the editor's like yeah this makes no sense here's like the actual like name for the things you're talking about like what the split point and all those things and then mm. I handed it to my, to my fact checker my fact checker's like that's not what they're called on monorails and I was just like what do I do um <laughs> So I think what I what I basically uh, came down to is I had two different conversations on two different tracks and I chose to go all in on the train metaphor itself, (laughs) 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 which is a wonderful choice. That sounds. Yeah, that sounds very me. Um. (laughs) Well, I'm going to well, let's go on the left one and then jump on the right in my mind, which is the left one, which is your book. And and the uh, we'll get back to Walt because I have I did want to touch on that. But the uh, there's a point in your book where you give this very I think it's a start of a chapter. or I don't I don't even know. uh, It was you, you list basically the different types of famous. Mm-hmm. And I th- and the, like you you list like okay you're famous you can get recognized like in a in a crowd of people you, but you're always kind of worried you might be recognized but that fear is ma- yeah. m- not really you know yeah I'll just recite your yeah. book back to you um, and then <laughs> uh, and then like you go up yeah. the ladder but I I think you missed out on internet historian that is known only for voiceover and is faceless <laughs> because yeah my numbers are about one in ten thousand but it's happened where i've been talking and someone's turned around and been like are you kidding and i'm like <laughs> and be- because it happens so like not often yeah. i'm like i am <laughs> like, that do- is me <laughs> yeah, it's so fun yeah and i hear like oh yeah that probably would be annoying after a while Which I get- <laughs> well i mean yeah, I, I I have been recognized for my voice weirdly, um, but not your because face. I do podcasts, but also because people will listen to Crash Course in just audio form when they're like trying to learn, you know, like the circulatory system or something. And like an and, hour uh, before the test, right, right. So I've I, like I was at a like getting a salad one time and somebody and I was like ordering and he was like, "Wait a second. <laughs> um, so that yep, that's weird. Uh, the yeah, the but I I apologize for not having hit the nail right on the head. I did. I also said that like uh, I put authors in like with the group that I'm in, which is like tier three. Um, it's like which I call or what April called working class fame, because the book for clarity is written by, by a fictional character. <laughs> right. It's a it's a memoir. It's a nonfiction book written by a fictional character that takes place about it. In a fictional universe. In a, in a fictional As far universe. as I know. Okay. The universe oh, might exist oh, so you, because so you, yeah. it's a big, it's a big, it's a big universe. Okay. So, so you're, I don't know. you're just, you're describing the canon, which is interesting because um, if you think, and not to be like plug my book on top of your book, but my book is written in <laughs> second person, which is, I am telling you what to do Ooh. at Disney World. And I wrote, yeah. which was a... Uh, which is a horrible idea for my editor because like I, yeah. I turned in the first draft and I'm like you realize like 75% of this you're using you and you are and your and I'm like yeah like yeah they're the main yeah, character that's what I'm doing the reader is the main <laughs> character 
And they're like, yeah. this is stupid. And I'm like, well, I, I'd pain you. I don't know what to tell it's, you. It's done now. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, well, it goes to print in a month. So what can you do? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So and then back to the Disney thing um, is that D- Disney, I think Disney gets a lot of heat. Disney, like for a long time, I really think was just a dude. And then he kind of let that uh, fame get to his head. But also you're forgetting that there's another person here named Roy Disney, who's his brother, Mm -hmm. who's doing a lot of Mm -hmm. those business decisions that are mainly put on Walt. But then you're accurate in that the like Walt named uh, the Imagineers is now called Walt Disney Imagineering. But at the time Mm -hmm. uh, when he was alive, it was called W.E.D., which were his initials. Um, Mm -hmm. And he didn't tell Roy. And so Roy found out that he had named the entire theme park division after himself. And before that, it wasn't really like Walt Disney Pictures. It was, it was, I th- yeah. I'm sure it was just Disney Brothers or Disney Pictures. And it was like, wow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not super far off, but he, he did have some great people that surrounded him. Yeah. And, and I also think that like there's a, there's a general trajectory of like praising someone and like feeling very good about it. And then like some people want to come in and like poke the holes. And I think that's legitimate. Like I think that there, there are always holes to poke. But that's another thing to remember that there are always holes to poke, like with Barney. And so, like with Barney, like the purple I'm dinosaur. Let you fi- I thought your thought was finished because there's a delay. But I'm gonna let you finish your thought, and then I'm gonna come in with my <laughs> misdirect. So, <laughs> I think my thoughts finished. It's not, certainly not going anywhere now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm such a terrible host. Um, the uh, what was I saying? As I'm got ice in my mouth. Um, okay, so. <laughs> So Barney, people try to, because in my opinion, like a lot of people that try to take down Walt Disney for kind of the, the, uh, those kind of things are, it's either Mm -hmm. one, you've done a lot of research or you've just happened to know a lot about business culture and you understand what was going on, or you just are kind of the playground rumors of like Walt's head is frozen and like Walt Disney was crazy. Um, And Mm -hmm. and my example with this is people like to destroy innocence. And my biggest example is there's always that rumor from Barney that Barney, like a kid stepped on his tail and he turned around and started cussing him out on TV. Yeah. Which never happened for no reason, for all reasons other than Barney is not a real dinosaur. He does not have feelings in his tail. There are no, (laughs) if, if a kid stepped on his tail, it wouldn't hurt. You know, like, yeah, and that's the rumor that you hear. And it's just like, yeah, so I was I was trying to agree with you with a fun analogy, but I just actually right. got us off track again. So, yeah, like, yeah. And, and but like a, a, another good example is Thomas Edison, who when I was a kid, you like learned about how amazing Thomas Edison was. It was like part of school curricula to be like, here's all the amazing things Thomas Edison did. Inventors are amazing. And and then like some at some point. I think I was probably in college. People started like whispering about Nikola Tesla and how Nikola Tesla was actually the cool inventor that we should be talking about, but he didn't have an American enough name. And, uh, and, and Thomas Edison beat him down and like made him, made him, made America forget him. We need to bring back Nikola Tesla and Thomas Edison killed an elephant and it's terrible. But he did like, he did do that. And like, he was cutthroat and he did follow the standard oil model and he was trying to become a billionaire and he did do that. And he didn't invent that much. He mostly employed people who invented, uh, but like also, you know, 
Like I got like electric lights in my house. That's nice. Yeah. So it, like the work, the work got done. It's just like the story is more complicated than, than, you know, you get told when you're in elementary school and then you start hearing like a more complicated version of the story and you're like, well, it was all lies. <laughs> No, it was uh, not all th- lies. Turns out, turns out they don't tell you the whole truth when you're th- in third grade. What do you mean I can't celebrate Columbus Day? No, I'm gonna... <laughs> Why? <laughs> Let's fight about that. <laughs> I, I, what do you mean? I celebrate yeah. Columbus Day the same every year. I go and I cut my friend's hand, hands off for stealing my stuff. And, <laughs> and then I yeah. do the rest of it. And, you know, yeah, and I, do, I do the rest of it. Do, and then I take a continent to be my own. <laughs> that was the rest of it. Um, Yeah. What is, and I've been meaning to ask, I had a list of questions, um, and I was going to ask you, like, if things, and there was never a lull in this conversation. In fact, it was more the opposite, um, but yep. the, uh, which is amazing. But I had this list, like, what's your favorite theme park ride? So what is your favorite theme park ride? Oh, Space Mountain. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> Apparently, to the man who's afraid of Space Mountain, I love it. It's Space like- Mountain is by far my favorite theme park ride. It, like, I, I, uh, I try to go on it at least two times every time I'm in a Disney, um, and uh, and I don't ha- and I don't have enough data to have a preference between the parks. That's fine. I'm going to tell you that the Disneyland version of Space Mountain is f- way better. Then okay, well, that's the one I've been on most uh, recently. I because I, I, you know because VidCon, um, I'm in Anaheim pretty frequently, and uh, well, you invented and that, right? On... VidCon, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I invented it, but yes, I started it. <laughs> I, I said that like <laughs> as a joke, and I, I was telling someone like, "Oh, Hank Green's going to be on my podcast," and he's like, "Who's that?" I'm like, "He's the guy that invented like VidCon," and then <laughs> that's <laughs> I looked, good. I looked it up, and you good actually done. did. I also created PodCon, which is coming up. If you want a podcast convention to know about, it's in January in Seattle. Should I start plugging things? Yeah, also, go for the, it. we've been talking about the book a lot, so I think we're good. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I think we're yeah, no, good. this is just my uh, my public platform to uh to to get to. I don't even know if I could qualify for PodCon, or what even is is it, is it just VidCon, but for like podcasters? It's pretty similar, yeah. In, okay. <laughs> Good talk. Um. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> the, yeah, it, it, it is a chance for people who make podcasts and for people who love podcasts to get together and talk about how how podcasts get made, do live podcasts, do weird one-off podcasts where you put two podcasters from different podcasts into a new podcast where they have to figure out something to talk about that is dumb, um, that they will only do one episode of. Uh, lots of weird stage shows, ghost stories, um, and uh, and and also like talking about the craft and how uh, how this how this thing works and how do you make good content in audio? How do you do that? <laughs> Can you give me like a quick well, crash first course? of all? You don't don't like put a bunch of ice in your mouth. Oh my gosh! Like, oh, that's oh, like number one. Oh my gosh! Is that a, <laughs> that's actually going to be the thing you remember me for? You're going to be like, yeah, I was on this podcast <laughs> with this guy. He had ice in his mouth, it's, and I was like, no, I was just, just the whole time. Well, did you get? Did he just get his wisdom teeth out? I don't know. It's just. Uh, hey, I had ice. It had once. ice in his mouth. Okay, do not misrepresent me. It was a one-time thing. I was trying to do the over/under on which sounds worse: having a sticky mouth or having a mouth with ice in it. And we found out the answer. But how would we have done that? Should we not have tried? Yeah. How would we ever have known? How would we ever? Have known? Well, um, okay. my last question for you, after okay, um, is about 
the book because I did read this and now I have some sort of emotional investment in this more so than theme parks at the moment um, because mm-hmm. I just got I just finished reading it three two day, two three days ago um, oh, or cool. having someone read it to me um, through Audible Audible.com slash Crash Course Defunct dear Line? dear Hank dear Hank dear Hank there you go <laughs> I knew you had one you just didn't sell me earlier um, so uh, so if you've been on a lot of podcasts you've been doing a lot of interviews you did a freaking book tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the question that I hope no one's asked you, and I'm sure they have. If you, I'm going to give you the platform for the next minute or two, or however long you want to take, to be as arrogant and as you know self-indulging. Oh, what yeah. is the Everybody, right? I know, right? What is the most? Everybody's going to love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's going to get great reviews. Um, <laughs> what is the most <laughs> genius part of what you wrote? Because you know, I. I know I write stuff all the time and I have I have little things in there that yeah. I, you know, that what what are you most proud of? What did you do in that book? And you were like, I'm a genius. And you might have felt bad saying it. But what was it? Well, I mean, there, so there's like the funny answer, um, which is that at one point in the book, April publishes a book mm-hmm. um, and she uh, she tweets about the fact that her book is coming out and she tweets the link to Amazon. Oh, I've, yes. <laughs> and if you follow if you follow the Amazon link, uh, it is a link to a 50 gallon drum of personal lubricant. <laughs> uh, and every time somebody types in that Amazon link and sends me a little note saying good on you, Hank Green, I just feel a little surge of like, ah, I'm a real author. Aren't I? Okay, but you know, my, you know that my lube joke. <laughs> <laughs> you know that one person did that, and they were like, "I mean, I do, I do need lube." Yeah, and I do, I do need to get my whole body into a drum of lube. <laughs> it's true. Finally, my. It's, it's, well, the, it's the, taken care they of. Were, they were listening to the audiobook and go- or I guess reading the book because they didn't like spell out the link in the audiobook. They were googling the and they're like they were like oh okay I'm gonna look up this link because it's right here. Oh my gosh, it's the exact thing I was looking for. What do you know? My gen- okay, <laughs> what do you well, know? What's the what's the not fun answer? What is the like I'm a I, genius arrogant answer? Because I, I mean like this is your like you it's not gonna I t- I'm telling you to do it. Like tell me why yeah, you think you're uh, a genius. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'm going to do my best to answer your question honestly. Um, the so so like the conclusion of the book, the the climax and like all like how it all ties together. Like I thought that was going to be the part where I felt like a genius. That like because that doing that is something that I I've never done before. But like really very much love a book where like all of the loose ends get tied up, even if a couple ones get opened up afterward. I apologize. But like during the climax, all of these these loose ends get get tied up, and and like how does that happen? And like what is the? And it turned out that was just work, and it didn't feel like inspiration. It felt like grinding, and just like finding all of the things and trying out every possible scenario until I found one that worked extremely well. And so like that didn't that didn't feel like genius, because it felt like work. And that and that's a that's a thing generally, um, when like. Uh, oftentimes what we see as genius was just work. Um, but that being said, there is a, a very 
you know, important part of the book uh, and, and like sort of like the entire second act, uh, the tension of it relies on these sort of like puzzles that happen in inside of a dream. Um, and the, the uh, I don't know how spoilery I should get here. Spoiler alert. The, the, the mechanism of how that dream works. Um, so this happens while you're asleep. The mechanism of how it works and and how it ended up like being like such a point of tension. Like I can't even tell you how I thought of it. I just, it just happened. And like when people ask me, I'm like, I literally have no idea. It was one of those moments where I was just like typing and typing and typing because it was so good. And then after it happened, I couldn't identify any of where any of it mm. came from. And so that's the part where it felt like, oh, like, do I have a skill? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah, because I mean, it, it's because that that was like such a catalyst for some other characters in the book. Like the, the entire world is yeah. now having that. And there's so many like you could probably just pages and pages of the reaction to the idea. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so because I, I come up with jokes sometimes that like, you know, when I'm when I'm writing and I think I'm funny. And then, like, I'll come up with a joke, and it'll be, like, really good. And then I'll be, like, I think about it more. And I, the more I think about it, the funnier it is. And then I'm, like, where did – no, come back. Like, come back, funny thought. <laughs> like, where did you go? Like, come back, comedy brain. Like, I'll never be able to craft a joke this good again for my for my stupid bit on on carnival rides. <laughs> so you're, like, you're like good joke turns into, like, a full-on creative crisis. <laughs> you're, like, I'll never do it again. Like, my, my friends are calling me. Yep. I'm just crying, like, lighting things on fire. Uh, <laughs> I'm never going to have a good joke again. I've peaked. <laughs> uh, well, no. Hank, thank you so much for coming on today. This has been really fun. Yeah, I had an absolutely great time. Um, hey, if you want to find more about me, my book is called An Absolutely Remarkable Thing. And Kevin liked it. Uh, did you like no, it? I really did. I, I liked it. I read it and I liked it, which just the reading apart, man, like that. And it wasn't even just to impress you. It was just so I like because I started it to impress you. And then afterward, I was like, OK, I'm I'm reading a book now. And then I finished it. And I was like, wow, I did that because I liked it, not because I wanted to impress you. <laughs> so I think you did a great job. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> so Yeah, it was great. Thank you. Uh, to everyone listening, thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. And thank you for visiting Defunct Land. Mm-hmm.